The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and the Raiders go down in a ball of flames at a soccer stadium full of Raider Nation, and Del Rio is fired by Mo. That and more here on show 504. All right, Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have the firing of Del Rio. we got to talk about how, why, and what uh, about this coaching tenure. Let's not go too fast uh, because everyone's screaming and yelling about John Groot. We're going to hit on that too. And the bone line, we have to do that. As far as a, a synopsis of the season, I'll probably do a little bit of that. Uh, as I go into Del Rio, and uh, we'll call it a day at the Bone Nine. So let's just start the show and get this ball rolling, because the Raider Nation is pretty freaking pumped up right now. Well, Del Rio had to go, and he got fired by Mo. Typical. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I feel like today was a kind of a microcosm of our year. Um, the, uh, you know, the opportunities and lack of production, really, um, you know, not good enough. Really, kind of disappointing. That's that's what our year was. Disappointing. So, uh, spoke with Mark Davis after the game. And Mark let me know that he's not going to be bringing me back. And so um, he told me, loved me and appreciated all that I did to, to, you know, to kind of get this program going the right direction, uh, but that he felt the need to change. I told him how much uh, I appreciated the opportunity he gave me. And um, I mean that. Uh, very grateful. My childhood team. But uh, it's a results business. I understand that. So, you know, I appreciate the players and coaches and all the, all the hard work, uh, all the effort and energy. Um, I do believe that we have established a solid nucleus. I believe whoever comes in here has a chance to take that nucleus and go to special places. And I'll be pulling for them. And I wonder who that guy will be. Uh, that was uh, Jack Del Rio this moment after the... Raiders 2017 abysmal calendar year and football season ended. That was uh, 21 minutes after the gun sounded in uh, Carson, and Jack was told that he was not coming back. The two Marks, Mark Davis and Mark Bedane, the Raider president, were so anxious to get into 2018 and what's coming up, and will address it all, that they wanted to let Jack go uh, right after the game. And Vontae, that meant for a very strange plane ride home, <laughs> <laughs> uh, New Year's Eve uh, Eve uh, evening. First thing I want to say at this story is thank you, Jack. Thank you for bringing some energy, some fun, some great games, some fabulous moments that we haven't seen in the Raider Nation in over a freaking decade. 
you as a head coach of all of the buffoons in the last decade have at least brought some dignity, backbone, and some wins to a team that was just, I don't know, in the bottom of the toilet, to say the least. Being here for three seasons didn't seem like that long to me. I know I've been ripping on you. For good reason, you made some mistakes. I mean, Del Rio did make mistakes. He brought in the wrong assistants. He fired offensive coordinator to be replaced by a buffoon. He kept a defensive coordinator who was a buffoon. No, I really like Ken Norton. But didn't replace him with Pagano to the end of a losing season in 2017. But I think when he looks back on this, the, the single biggest mistake Jack made was when he hired John Pagano last year. But uh, he did not make him the defensive coordinator right away. I don't understand that. I think it was partly a loyalty to Ken Norton Jr. and the whole ex-player thing, and especially when the guy is your ex-teammate, as Ken Norton was. He was not detailed enough. He was not in a position to run a defense at the NFL level, and it set the team back for a long, long time. John Pagano knows how to run a defense. I'm not sure if Ken Norton Jr. does or ever will. Why do you think he just did not, when he brought Pagano on, why he did not fire Ken and make John the D.C. right away low? You know what? I, I think you're right, Pop, just because the tradition and friendship that he had there. And you put yourself in that situation, you fell on the sword. Once you brought in John Pagano, it should have been immediately when you made him the assistant head coach and you talked about he was going to work on the defense, you should have parted ways with Ken because you know the old Sam Papa, two sons can't shine. Robert, what do you think? Here's, yeah, here, here's what I think. I really do believe that Jack was trying to be a different guy. As I've said on the show before, he has fired more assistant coaches than any NFL head coach in the history of the NFL. So with that being said, I, I think, you know, I remember being on the sideline and there was a performance coach that they had brought in. And, and I think it was all about team camaraderie and, you know what, maybe I can do this differently and maybe Pagano and Ken Norton can can work together and we can be better together and not this all caught up on this label. This guy is the defensive coordinator. This guy is the assistant um, head coach. You know, maybe we can just be one big happy family. And when you win, that fixes everything. And I really do believe they could have coexist if there was a winning product put out on the field. We all know that didn't happen. So now it came down to we ha he had to make the decision, you know, with Norton. And I think, I think he should have made a decision on Todd Downing at the same time or maybe even sooner. And I think if he would have done that, hey, he may have saved his job. That's not the case, though. Jack has always had trouble with his assistants. He's fired more than anyone in league history as far as a head coach. I think he was trying to change that dynamic, and I think that might have been his downfall in this instance because 
He's really not an X's and O's guy. He depends greatly on his assistants, and they let him down along with the buffoonery in the locker room. But a word about Jack Del Rio. Uh, I was not a Jack Del Rio fan. I think that was uh, clear to those of you who listened to the show. I was very outspoken after the Kansas City game about his clock mismanagement. Just some notes I made on this, Bonte, and I, I do I do applaud Mark Davis for eating this kind of money. And I I thought it was $15 million plus maybe $5 million for the, all the coaches, maybe $20 million, but I've been told that it's actually more. That it may have been backloaded a little bit. So I don't know exactly how much they're going to pay Jack Del Rio not to coach the Raiders and all the coaching uh, guys on the staff that are not going to be coaching for the Raiders, but will still draw a paycheck. But it's you know certainly uh, in, probably in the low 20s, mid $20 million dollars which his dad never would have eaten. So I do applaud that. I think it was the right move to make without question. It was a question of whether you wanted to bite that hard and that kind of money. Uh, you know, Jack was more of a culture guy. He wanted to change the culture here, whatever that means. And uh, I think initially he did. But I think the culture also began to flip at the end of the year before he got here when Tony Sperano, they went 0-10. But they after the 0-10 start, Derek's rookie year, they did go 3-3. Three and three. They did beat the Chiefs at home, the 49ers at home, and the Bills at home to, to knock them out of the playoffs. So then you went 7-9, and nine, all of a sudden you're 12-4. and four. But this year was a disaster in, in every regard. I mean, from Derek getting hurt on Christmas Eve and the first game of 2017 in Denver to the playoff game, this felt like a preseason game, the whole deal. You know the deal. And Jack openly discussed a change in the culture, how the culture slid. Well, that's, that's his job. And I think some of the people he brought in caused that to happen. And may, one of the guys may have retired today. I'm not sure how to uh, interpret Marshawn's tweets, but we'll get into what's going on with Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Yes, he got his 10,000 yards, whatever. He's always been an I, I, me, me guy. And yes, he ran for the Raiders the last half of the season. I don't know what happened in the first half. Took himself out of games, caused all kinds of disruption in the locker room. I don't give a crap how much they say he loved him. He was a disruption and a distraction. Cannot have that in the locker room. I hope he's gone next year and we find someone else to carry the ball. We will. I don't think he deserves to be in there. But for whatever reason, the culture just slid. And I think he is a guy who really does not handle any side of the ball, although he should have more of an impact on the defensive side. To allow the culture to slip is just a is a coaching error he could not afford to make. And then the other part, the, the whole concept, I think, of ex-players becoming coaches and coordinators and head coaches versus guys like Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala, Richard Hightower, who I don't know, John Gruden, Sean McVay. I could go on and on and on. I think there's just a, a lack of detail sometimes, Bonte, not all ex-players, because a lot of these guys played their whole lives. They, they didn't grow up to be a coach the way John Gruden did in his early 20s, the way Kyle Shanahan did, the way Sean McVay did. And I think there's just a lack of detail sometimes when you have a whole staff of ex-players that run the football team as the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, when Bill Musgrave was here, and I, I think Bill is more of a detailed guy. So I think there were issues there that I think needed to be addressed. You know, I've thought about this because, you know, when I was in San Francisco, we really didn't have 
any coaches that were former players that I can think of. I truly believe you don't have to have been a player in the NFL to be a great coach. What you have to be able to do is teach. I think a lot of things happen, like Darren Carr getting called out in the middle of the team meeting, being chastised by I don't know who. This coaching staff turned on Derek Carr as well. Uh, after the Kansas City game, they called him out in front of a whole team meeting. It wasn't just the offense or the quarterbacks and a segment of the team. It was the whole team. And they ripped him in front of everybody. And Derek's a prideful guy. But uh, when, it, when you have a head coach that's not designing the play, calling the play, and then second-guessing the play and the quarterback's play on a certain play, it doesn't go well. Basically, the Raiders have a broken car right now, and it's Derek, it's number four, and they got to fix this car. And I am going to be intrigued uh, how John does that along with Rich Gannon, and I think Rich will be the quarterback coach. I saw him in, in, in Carson on Sunday. Uh, it, it's a whole different approach for, for Derek Carr. I mean, I think John is going to have to clean up his language a little bit with Derek. This organization, what they have to do from this point forward on is build Derek Carr up. They've got to get his confidence back, his swagger back. I didn't think Jared Goff could play in the league or Todd Gurley. I had serious reservations about both, and look at how good they are. Nope. Uh, Todd may win the MVP. So if it's John and, and Rich, they have got to spend time, and they're going to do it with a different approach, certainly, but they're not going to second guess. They're going to lay it out first. But this, this organization right now in the here and now, they've got to fix a broken Derek Carr. I'm also worried about John. You know, John's language and he's MF and everything, and he may be different in his 50s than he was in his 30s. How do you think that dynamic would work with John Gruden, the head coach, the guy who designs the offense, then Rich Gannon, a really prickly personality with Derek Carr? How do you see that trio meshing? I see all of them respecting one another. And I'm going to tell you, Derek, is, he hasn't been a Bible thumper his whole life. The guy cussed. He used to drink all kinds of stuff that he's went through. So he understands it. And I, I think the biggest thing, he wants to win. And he's going to understand tough love. And I understand this guy's going, he might not like cussing, but I think that they'll, they'll taper down. But at times, they're going, they're going to do what they have to do as a coach. I really believe that he can handle it. He's not, everyone thinks he's just some square guy. Carr will be able to handle it, and I think that he needs that because one thing for sure you know, Papa, at least he's going to respect them, at least he's going to believe in those guys. Romo, you see a problem with that? I don't, and I always revert to Tom Brady and what he's been put under and the way he has been pushed. I I think he is still pushed pretty damn hard, you know, by Belichick. Maybe not offensive coordinator, but I think he's still pushed. I think that is the, that was the downfall to Derek Carr this past year. I thought it was, I think it was all cushy, cushy with Todd Downing and he needed someone to tell him that his game is going downhill and he needs to get it right. No question. And that did not happen this year. And he's going to get it by two guys on a daily basis till he gets his you-know-what. I think this season uh, is pretty summed up, and this is what I'm talking about this whole year. Every game uh, was was not a rhythmic offense. The defense was doing a little better. The team was out of control. There was no discipline on the team. 
Our penalties showed it. The lack of drives showed it. At uh, times, the team seemed like it was asleep. This is all a direct reflection of the locker room, the lack of leadership, the lack of discipline. And this, I think, is what brought down Jack Del Rio. His staff let him down. The leaders in the locker room let him down. And he consequently made poor decisions and let himself down. Let me just say one more thing about this Jack thing, and I'll get over it. I think the Mo Davis firing of Jack Del Rio was absolutely classless. It was childish. It was typical, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, ownership. Crap. Shame on you, Mo. That was so classless. And I know you needed to get to it. But to have him do his last press conference and concentrate on his last goodbye to the Raider Nation uh, was horrible. And I would say it was Al Davis-like, but at least Al Davis would do it himself in front of TV. You wouldn't be seen again. You didn't have to embarrass yourself. You just went off and then it was explained what happened and why and what direction they're going in later. You know, that has far more class. Mark Davis, I mean, you're such a freaking buffoon. That's all I got to say about that. You fired him right after a game on the road. So they all climbed on that charter. Not just Jack, but the entire coaching staff. There are two dozen coaches on that staff. Mark Davis sat up in the front row along with Carol Davis. To Al's widow in the second row right behind him. They all flew back, and they knew when they landed, they were done. They were not going to be with the Raiders. So it was really uh, just the word beyond uh, uncomfortable. It was one of the strangest scenes, Romo, I've seen in professional sports to fly back with this entire entire coaching staff knowing that they had been fired just minutes before. You know, but you have to give Mark a lot of credit because – in the past, I don't think Mark would have done something like this. But he knew he had to set it straight that what the product that was delivered on the field this past year was not good enough. It did not meet his standard. And he was going to do something about it. So I got to say is, Jack, thank you for what you did for the Raider Nation, man. You <laughs> you gave us a glimpse into what it's like to win again. And I can't say any we were worth every penny as far as I'm concerned just to have that one season of promise and sunshine and everything else which came to a screeching halt this year. Um let me just say that. So this season <laughs> this season had no chance. Derek Carr has gone backwards. Uh, his his coaching was missing. Our offensive coordinator, which was the quarterback's coach, which should have still continued to do that, was focused far more on his lousy play calling and his terrible play schemes that he had for every game, except for taking care of the number one guy, Derek Carr, and his footwork and his, his vision and everything else failed miserably, and failed Del Rio. 
So I don't want to sound, you know, mean about the Ken Norton thing or the Chuck Pagano thing. Too bad, Chuck. Chuck didn't get a chance. Chuck should have, he should have fired Ken Norton at the beginning of the year, placed Chuck in there, and then seen what happened. And and then, you know, being closer knit, being much more aware of the locker room, Jack, you lost the control, and it went down in a spiral from there. Thanks, Jack. You gave it a good shot, bro. And you gave the Raider Nation some great games. Thank you very much, bro. And that is all I have to say about that. It's going down for it. Gruden's coming back. Say it ain't so. And they already know me. It's, it's, it's going down for Absolutely. That's what the rumor mill says. That's what uh, the gurus are all saying. Well, if it's true, let's just talk about it. Vos show. Because, baby, it's exciting. It's simple. You don't make that move with Jack Del Rio unless you know you can get John Gruden. John Gruden's going to be the next coach of the Oakland Raiders. The only question is when it happens. Are you ever going to coach again? I don't know. I feel like I am coaching. Honestly, I spend a lot of my time preparing. I still visit with all the top college quarterbacks. I visit with coaching staffs around the country. I am prepared someday to make a run at it again. Carr can make all the throws. This guy's athletic. He's got an unbelievable arm. I love watching him play. I would not want to leave the black hole ever. I think that's the greatest home field advantage in football. Probably since you've been broadcasting for the Raiders. That's, I mean, you're old, Greg. That's been a while. Take it easy. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a while. You're over 50 now. Yeah, I am. I still feel good. You're looking good. And I think when he comes back, he's going to come back with a vengeance. I think it's getting close. That's my personal opinion. I think it wouldn't surprise me in the least if he comes back the next month and uh, we hear a press conference and uh, introducing John Gruden the next head coach of a, of a team. And uh, my sense is it could be on the West Coast. I'll just leave it at that. Hold it! Hold it! Take him back! Take him back! I like this ref! Always like this guy. Hey, I'm not going to be a real patient guy now. <laughs> I just can't oh, wait for Walt Coleman to be assigned a Raider game with John Gruden. Oh, my head's going to explode! <laughs> yes, the great Gruden, Chucky, as we like to call him around here. I know some people don't like it. But the ESPN analyst for the last nine years, I think he's been an analyst, uh, is going to leave the booth. Now, before I go from there, uh, he has been studying football. He has been connecting with everyone in the league, all the owners, all the players, all the quarterbacks. He's seen more film than any coach, I'm sure. So let's just not beat a dead horse into, is he ready to come back and coach? This guy is ready to come back and coach. He knows what's up. He knows the rule changes. He's very in tune to what's going on with the new NFL, unlike people that are completely out of the mix like Jeff Fisher, who now wants to come back and make a reappearance. Let's not go there. It's not done, done, but it's pretty much done. As far as seeing John in Philadelphia, and you also heard the interview we did with him last year in Mexico City when the Raiders went there and beat the Houston Texans on November the 21st, and we had a long talk with John, and I've talked to John off and on for years. So here's the bottom line here. I'm going to tell you everything about John Gruden, Bonte. I'm going to unload here, and we've changed our clock, so we're going to go for about 20 minutes here. 
And I'm just going to give you the whole deal on the whole story of John Gruden with the Raiders, with Al Davis, with Mark Davis, with everybody, how it started, how it ended, where it is, where it was in the middle, and where it's going to head. Uh, so basically where this thing went sideways with John the first time was when they lost the AFC Championship game in 2000 to the Baltimore Ravens. And the Raiders, uh, you know, Rich got hurt early in that game. They scored three points. And John, and again, I was kidding John in Mexico City last year about he's older. And I think it's a big issue, honestly. He was in his 30s then. Now he's in his 50s. You know, the 20-year anniversary of Al and Bruce Allen hiring him is coming up here in a few days. Maybe they can coincide it and have it on the actual 20th anniversary when they bring him back. But um, when they lost to Baltimore, John brought... Uh, one of his youngs, I think it may be Deuce, the, the young guy that's now a, a bodybuilder. He brought him in, and Al was not in a good mood. And he didn't want the kids around, and Al's language is a little spicy, as is John. Yeah. And it went sideways right there. And then the next year started, and John's agent, Bob Lamont, who's now, he's also the agent for Jack Del Rio, he's John's agent now, got into it with Al about a contract extension. But I really think Al and decided after that AFC title game that John's offense couldn't work and they couldn't score and he was going to move on. But that next year, 2001, they got off to an 8-2 and two start. And I remember this so well. It was the, I believe it was the weekend after Thanksgiving. It was December the 2nd. I'm looking at the schedule here. They were 8-2. and two, And they were going to play a home game against the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. And there was all kind of rumors then, Bonte. Notre Dame had changed head coaches. And, you know, John grew up everywhere. You know, his dad was on the staff, and he was—he loves Notre Dame. He loves Tampa. He loves the 49ers. He loves Philly. He loves the Raiders. At that time, you know, John's kind of like the Bushes, where he grew up everywhere. Jesus, right. where is your hometown? You got like 50 of them. But the whole thing with Notre Dame was real. And John was approached by Notre Dame that week. Gene Corrigan was the AD that week. He flew out and met with John. Very few people know anything about this. And John was going to take the job, and he was going to bring Jay on his staff. His dad, Jim, was going to be on the staff. He had a huge purse for all the coaches. They were all coming. The one thing was Gene Corrigan wanted John to quit the Raiders right in the middle of that 2001 season and go coach Notre Dame for recruiting. And he can't do it. Yeah, no, you quit can't the team in the middle of the year? Yeah, you can't do that. Can't do that. So he didn't do that. So John said no. And I remember being in his office on the Sunday morning of the Arizona game. And John laid this all out to me for a long time, told me the whole story. But the bottom line was he was leaving. He was already in his mind starting to leave. So I leave his office, and he tells me this whole story how if Gene Corrigan just would have been more patient, John would have left and been the next head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I go on the field for the pregame, and Al Davis waves me over. And the story had just broken minutes before that George O'Leary, who I know from Syracuse, Al knows from Syracuse, he remember he was the head coach for Notre Dame for like an hour, yeah, he, but they found out he lied on his resume. Yeah, he about his resume. Yep, fraudulent resume. I remember so that. So anyway, like Al, Al calls me over, and he thinks that O'Leary took the Notre Dame job, and John, so he says, you think anybody would F and leave the Raiders for Notre Dame? <laughs> and I'm like, you just, no, Al, no one would leave the Raiders for Notre Dame. That's crazy. But you know what? The Raiders lost that game. Overtime. Yeah. David Dunn fumbled a punt. John said, David, you're done. I think he cut him right off the field. And they won a couple of more games. They lost to Tennessee. They lost to Denver. They lost to the Jets at the end of the year in a long kick by John Hall. They wound up having to play the Tuck U game in New England and not home. The whole thing unraveled. 
So they wind up losing the Tuck U game. Al sets a ridiculous price that he never thought anybody in their right mind would, uh, you know, say yes to. The Glazers asked him right after the, in January when they when they made the coaching change with Tony Dungy, would you trade John Gruden? And he, <laughs> two ones, two twos, and eight million dollars. And he hangs up and thinking they're they're never who the hell would ever give that up. Well, a month later, they did it. And they said yes, we'll give you two ones, two twos, and eight million. And Al trades him. And uh, he, it was a mistake. I remember going on the air when they made the trade. It was President's Day. It was February the 21st. I, mean, I was supposed to work that day. It was the last, year, last day I worked at the other station doing a talk radio show. My contract expired. and It was the year to the day, and I was gone. I wasn't going to do it anymore. And the last show, I ripped Al. Because, and he was mad at me. We didn't talk for months. But he, I, I didn't care what he was getting back. And two ones, two twos, and eight million? Are you out of, who's going to do that? But you can't trade the head coach. And he was just, he was more than that. John flipped the whole franchise, there's no doubt. When he took over from Joe Bugle, what he did in 98, 99, and then to the title game in 2000. Uh, I remember vividly being on the practice field one day when John was at the height of his popularity. There was a billboard sign of John that Al didn't want up. And John was, you know, meeting the media after practice, and there were dozens. It's not like today where there's hundreds, but there were a lot of people there, Bonte, off the practice field. And Al, when he would go to practice and walk off the practice field, he'd kind of give the media a look like, yes, you can approach me or stay the hell away from me. (laughs) And he was kind of giving them nothing, but they weren't coming to him. They were ignoring him because they were were in the middle of John Gruden's press conference. So they, they had, you know, dozens around him. And Al, and with all the media there, yelled out to me, Greg, make sure they effing know who runs this team. And I just laughed and said, Al, everybody knows who runs this team. Right. Well, just make sure they effing know for everybody to hear. So that's what we were up against, was the tremendous ego of Al Davis. And John Gruden, who at that point wasn't going to take crap from anybody. So the trade was consummated. He winds up going to Tampa Bay, and the irony of ironies, he winds up beating the Raiders wow. in the Super Bowl, and I think that's what sent Al. His, his health was beginning to deteriorate then, but I, I think at that point, Bonte, he, he really just became, it just got so bad, and the disease was going to eat him away uh, muscle by muscle and his muscle mass by little bit. But I, that, that really was a hard way to, to look at it all, was that John did beat him in San Diego and won that Super Bowl. But I am here to tell you, I'm sitting here like a kid. I'm just, I'm just taking in all I, I, these notes. I've told all stuff. these stories on the over the years. I've told them all in bits and pieces. But now that it looks like John is coming back. And what did he tell <laughs> Jerry McDonald? I hope to be a candidate. I hope to be a candidate. And how's Jerry McDonald? That's my guy, man. He's getting all yeah, these exclusives. He's calling him at dinner with his wife on Saturday. I mean, yeah. he's calling him today. This is this is just blowing me away because you alluded to this a month ago, Pop. We had uh, Mark Dominic on. Remember the former yeah. personnel guy with the Tampa Bay Bucks? And you all of a sudden started talking about Gruden. And I remember when you broke the Marshawn stuff. It wasn't quite like no, that. No, no, but but, but it, it honestly, just made me start thinking. I'm like, does Pop know something about Gruden? Well, no, honestly, really yes. I, I, I've always felt John would coach again. And I told you, I thought it was when his youngest son graduated high school. But I, I, got, I, got, I, I got the sons wrong. I thought Deuce was the last one. And I see him on the sidelines of Washington. And I'm like, why isn't John coaching now? What's the timeline here? And then obviously I'm close with Sean McDonough. We're, we're college buddies. I saw him you know, quite a bit around the uh, Philadelphia game on Christmas night. John and Sean are not meshing. They just are not. And I said that when Sean was hired. I know Sean. Sean's a tremendous broadcaster. 
They're just different guys. I, I just knew it wouldn't work. I think the second year it's gotten better, but it's still awkward. I know them both as people. They're just very different. Uh, I had run-ins with Sean. Uh, if I was around John Moore, I may have run-ins with John. I mean, they're just, they're, they're both really good at what they do, and they're very opinionated. So, and beyond that, the economics of the ESPN booth, I think, are hard for John. ESPN, let me just make this fact clear. ESPN's been cleaning house. Uh, they're, they're losing people in a very quiet, discreet way. Big contracts, big sports announcers are being let go out of the back door slowly but surely, and their contracts are either being re- reworked or changed because they don't want to pay all this money to these guys. I think this could be one of the reasons that John is leaving. Uh, they might want to restructure his contract. I know he's always wanted the coach again, and he's been rumored every single year since he's been out of the league to come back into the league and coach for someone. So the ESPN issue might have been something to help push him out the door. It's just something that I heard that, to be, to be very honest, is true. And so John's coming back for a hefty payday. He's been being paid great with ESPN, and the workload is not quite so much responsibility not quite so much the pressure is certainly not even close to as much but he's coming back is what we have heard so there were there were factors that i wasn't aware of as far as the timing i thought this would come to a head in time i did not think mark davis would eat jack del rio's salary now but i think that mexico city massacre the kansas city game and to me the way he mismanaged the clock in the fourth quarter of that game just uh, inexcusable but in any event, just in, we are going to talk to Mike Lombardi, uh, and he'll give us the latest on what, because he's been around all this with John and Al and, and the whole thing, Bruce Allen and how it all worked out. But so now we fast forward. As I just want to tell you one more story about John Gruden, and we'll have all week. This is not going to happen until next week. Uh, there's still some things they have to work out, obviously. But I just want to tell you about a, a story. And I've, I've told all these stories in bits and pieces, but just to tell it all one big chunk here uh, before this does happen and John does return. In 2009... Uh, Mike Tirico and John are working together at ESPN, and they invite me and a lot of Raider people. And I bring my son Derek, who's working with us now, and my buddy Michael Burns. We bring all kinds of I think my other son was there. We went to Ricky's, and it was going to be a Mike Tirico birthday party, but it was John Gruden coming back to Oakland. He was actually going to work the 49er game on the ensuing Monday night against Arizona. Remember the game when uh, Kurt Warner got lit up to That's Sean right. Goldson? Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. great game. He had a candlestick. I took Derek and Nicholas. We all went to the game. So he was in for that game. But the Raiders were playing the game the next day against Washington. This was December the 13th of 2009. So we all go to Ricky's. And, you know, John's in his element now. He's back with the Raider Nation. Ricky Ricardo's there. And there's a who's who. Everybody's there. Jim Otto, Willie Brown, Tom Flores, Phil Villapiano, Jack Tatum. Everybody. Everybody who's an ex-Raider is there, and I'm there. And, you know, John's had quite a bit to drink that night, and he's in my ear. Uh, you got to go to the old man and tell me, you know, tell him I, tell him I want to come back. And I'm like, at that time, I thought Al's never going to bring John Gruden back. <laughs> So I said, he really want?" And John was, you know, he's drinking and he's telling stories and he's going on and on. Uh, but, he, you know, I, just listening to him and the gleam in his eye, I always felt like he did want to come back here. He did. I felt like it was to him unfinished business. Although the guy you're going to get now in his mid-50s is not the same John Gruden in his mid-30s, and that does worry me 
about connecting with the modern athlete and the way he handles players. This is not Rich Gannon. This is Derek Carr. This is a whole different dude. But in any event, so after that year, first of all, like a couple of days later, Al calls me, and he is just royally pissed because I'm in photographs with John and Ricky's. The oh, Ricky boy. people put it I on the website. I saw that photo, Pop. But yeah. they were all there. Right. Jim Otto's there. Willie Brown's there. Tom Flores is there. Football, what are you getting mad at me so, for? So Al called you, and he was pissed off he about was, that no, photo? You know, no, no, he was genuinely hurt. Oh. It wasn't mad. He was, I thought you were loyal. That's what he, what he said. He was like, Al, can I like John and like you? And it was, she was genuinely hurt that the whole thing happened, I think. And then the next day, Brian Arakbo sacked Jamarcus Russell like uh, Avogadro's number. <laughs> like, I don't know, it was kept happening. Like, Jesus. Pouring rain. It was dank and awful. And so we were talking about sneaking John into the game. And I don't know you're here. And the whole deal. So anyway, the reason I'm telling the story is later that off season, Al calls me months later. And he says, guess who called me? Twice. <laughs> Twice. He made a, Al would never pick up the phone for you if he didn't know you were calling. And sometimes he'd make a call a second time, especially when it was John Gruden. And I said, no. But I'd go back to this conversation when John had a few too many beers at Ricky's. And he, he said, I said, what did he say? He wants to come back. And I said, you're never going to let him back. He said, I'm thinking about it. I'm wow. thinking about it. Wow. And then he hung up. Just real quickly, starting with you, Bill, give me your thoughts on John Gruden now in his mid-50s coming back to the Raiders as opposed to when he came back, came the first time in his mid-30s. How is he going to have to change, do you think? I'll just say this, and you know, I, I think about, and I'm going to go right back to Philly when he showed up, and I, I smiled like when, when he when he showed up and I showed up with Ray Rhodes that year, you know, after Rich Kotite had left, and I was like, John Gruden, wait a minute. That was the coffee boy in uh, <laughs> San Francisco. This guy used to get coffee for all the coaches. This guy's going to be our offensive coordinator. We took the field, and oh, my God, was his presence known immediately. The guy has got the it factor. You saw that when he was with the Raiders. You saw that uh, he left and took a group of men in Tampa, and they beat our asses in the Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, he's a winner. And what he really is, and he's a great offensive mind and when I remember going up against those Raider teams with Rich Gannon when I was at the Broncos, it was pure hell going up against those teams. You know, because the schemes that John would come up with, you knew you had to be on top of your game. And at the end of the day, I think the Tampa thing, you know, was really more of a defensive thing, and we just didn't have – there were a lot of different things that went against us that particular weekend in that particular Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, I think he'll be a phenomenal head coach because he got time to be away from the game, and I think he realized how much he missed the sideline and how much, and I'll put it this way, I really do believe that people miss the scoreboard. 
and I miss the scoreboard. Because at the end of my day at Nutrition 53 or when I'm on 95.7, I don't have a W or an L, you know, with a scoreboard saying I won or I lost. There's just a bunch of opinions out there. Maybe some people think I did good. Some people think I was awful. But You know? And at the end of the day, I know what I miss about football. I miss that scoreboard. Every Sunday, I knew if I was good or if I was bad. And, but I think John will be a great uh, head coach for the Raiders if he is the one. Yeah, and, and and I think when you look at it, and you know, everyone said, "Hey, John Gruden had Tony Dungy's guys," and what happened afterwards? We well, still went to the playoffs, and his team got old. This happened; those guys, a lot of those guys, were getting old, and that's why he made some trades. And then they said Tony Dungy couldn't win. Tony Dungy goes in Indianapolis and wins a Super Bowl, ex-player. So you look at that, and you look at Levy Smith played too. So you think about those, and you say, "Okay, how is John? How is how is Chucky going to be? How is Gruden going to be as a coach?" One thing that you know for sure, we had Jeff Garcia on this morning. Jeff Jeff said in his career, he said he's been around a lot of coaches. He never had that type of pressure that he had to be on his P's and Q's that he had with John with 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 Chucky. He said Gruden, he's walking around, Gruden's asking questions all the time. He said Gruden really, really looks at that position as the mainstay on that team, and he's constantly putting pressure on his quarterback. Jeff, Jeff really talked about it, so I just think that I think that he's going to do good, especially as a coach. What we've been hearing in the rumor mill, and I make it clear that it's a rumor, $10 million a year, incredible amount of money for a coach in the NFL, um, could set a record. And an ownership stake in the Raiders, which is unheard of up to right now. So, it's important that we understand <laughs> that John Gruden hasn't signed a freaking piece of paper at all. You know, it's funny because Greg Papa refers to uh, Stephen A. Smith, who complained on uh, his show. Starting with you here, Stephen A., do you have a problem with Gruden going back to the Raiders? Yes, I do. Um and I'm going to preface my comments by distancing myself from everybody at this table as well as this show. This is the opinion of Stephen A. Smith. I stand firm on it. It's mine. It's not Max Lewis, anybody else's, or ESPN. This is where I stand. I am a fan of John Gruden. I think he does an outstanding job for us. I'm honored to call him a colleague. And I don't like talking about my colleagues because I never do it. In blogosphere or anywhere, I don't play that nonsense. But this is important because he's potentially the next coach for the Oakland Raiders. John Gruden does not deserve an ownership stake in an NFL franchise. Not unless he's coming out of pocket with his own money and, and investing and they bet you and they let you in. He does not deserve to be uh, to have an ownership stake in a franchise. It should not be allowed. Now, from according to the reports, what the process entails is ownership of the Raiders. They're talking about an arrangement would have to be vetted and ratified by NFL owners it would require the approval of at least 24 of the 32 owners. It shouldn't even be brought to the table. If you want to give John Gruden uh, uh, the coaching job for the Oakland Raiders, no problem. He had success there, never had a losing season, okay, had two winning seasons. We all know about the whole Tom Brady and the tuck rule and all, all that stuff that potentially robbed him of a Super Bowl championship. 
He was essentially traded from the Raiders to Tampa. Even though I give John Gruden credit, I have always believed that Tony Dungy deserves credit for that damn Super Bowl championship. And John Gruden conveniently found himself into that equation. No. But damn it, he got it done. I can't take nothing away from him, okay? But there's a 57 and 55 record as a head coach. It's like 38 and 26 when he's with Tampa. I, I mean, the, the, the coaching record doesn't exactly knock your socks off. But again, he's a Super Bowl champion. Let's respect him. You want to give him Raider Nation the coach? John Gruden's a hell of a football mind. Give him the damn job, and that's fine. But ownership? Does Bill Belichick have an ownership stake? I know. Does Bill Parcells have an ownership stake? Does Mike Tomlin have an ownership stake? Did Tony Dungy have an ownership stake? Damn it, does Mike McCarthy have an ownership stake? I mean, anybody. I well, mean, does Pete Carroll, you know, because I know the stockholders. Well, does Pete Carroll have an ownership stake? Did Tom Landry have an ownership stake? Did Chuck Noll have an ownership stake? I mean, did, uh, did Bill Walsh have an ownership stake? I'm sorry. The first time. In NFL history, that a coach gets an ownership stake in a franchise? Is John Gruden? Really? Uh, it's been reported that they offered you ownership uh, in the team and some of the things that they've talked about. What can you tell us about that? There's no, there's no, there's no truth to that at all. I heard uh, Stephen Smith screaming at me on TV yesterday <laughs> on one of his shows. Well, he does that to everybody, you know, that's, so uh, just that's, so you that's know. one of the most uh, – yeah, that, that has – there's no no validity to that at all, none, zero. So that's a nice segment that I saw, but uh, no, no ownership, that's for sure. Are you going to be the next head coach of the Raiders? Well, that's up to Mark Davis. Uh, I have had conversations with Mark, and they're still, uh, I believe, going through the interview process. And when he knows, I think we'll all know. But uh, I appreciate Adam and Chris's confidence that I have a chance of getting that job. It's awful nice of So I, I guess the question would be if Mark Davis calls you and said, we've gone through all our candidates, and, John, you're the one we choose. We'd like you to be the next coach of the Oakland Raiders. Will you be the next coach of the Oakland Raiders? I think there's a good chance. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about where I am uh, in terms of studying the game and, and, and prepared to come back and coach. I just don't want to sit here and speculate. and it, It's almost like uh, – um, I don't know what's going to happen, Mike. I got to be honest with you. It's been a, a long couple of weeks. I know they've gone through their uh, process of interviewing candidates. And until they're done, I won't know. But uh, I did have a good meeting with Mark. I've known him a long time and uh, got a lot of respect for the Raider uh, football organization. You know, Stephen A. Smith, please, man, shut up. Stephen A. And you know what the A stands for? Smith. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, Gruden's got some fat compensation, but look at this. He's inherited a team with a lot of expectations, and there'll be far more if he comes. Okay? He's really have to get a great staff together. There, he's, there's rumors of Greg Olson, which makes me, you know, <laughs> gives me some stress right there listening to that. Also, a coach named Morton. Uh, good coach, too. That's a good coach. I'd like to have him come. Uh, but there's a lot of assistance he's reached out to, so you know that the possibility is certainly there. Rich Cannon, we had him on the show. You're out last week, obviously. We had him on, and I asked him. I, I, you know, we've asked him all year long, Pop. 
Are you coming back to coach at some point? Because everybody, after every interview, everybody said, Rich Cannon should be a coach. You believe that he's going to be the quarterback coach for John Gruden coming up here in 2018. Yeah, I, 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 I saw him the other night. And I think, you know, a lot of it is financial. You know, quarterback coaches don't make like coordinators do. Uh, Rich is making a decent living. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think there's a momentum there. I think they just can't talk openly about this. Uh, but I did get uh, an impression from Rich, and I visited with him a while, that, yes, uh, he is strongly considering doing this and doing it with John. And we'll address it throughout the coming days. I think they're going to have to be tactful in how they handle Derek Carr. Derek's a different guy than Rich. And Rich has been on this show often talking about how Derek has to take ownership of the team and challenge guys. And Derek does have that ability. But Derek's just a different person. Here's what Gruden has over the Raiders. He has all the leverage. In this negotiation, Stephen A., he's got it all. First of all, the name alone would keep asses in the seat for the next two years for sure. Because just watching Gruden change the team will be something that fans are going to want to see. So, cha-ching, Davis has solved a problem with the dwindling fan base of the Raiders, which has always been garbage uh, to me. I never believed in it, and I really haven't seen it since we've won. So, (laughs) whatever. But he's going to substantiate those ticket sales for sure. Uh, there will be no seats open at the Coliseum. The other thing is the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. How much bigger of a splash could you take with you to a new fan base other than John Gruden? Uh, the legendary John Gruden. That gives you street credit for several seasons in the new stadium. It's a no-brainer for Mark. This is going to be a cash cow. Even if it doesn't pay off in wins, it'll pay off in ticket sales. There is no doubt in my mind. Now, that's a smart business move. Stephen A. Smith, you're an idiot. As far as the Rooney rule goes, uh, the NFL needs to restructure the way that whole program is handled. They need to do something different to make sure that people of color I mean, you know, black coaches, Hispanic coaches, Chinese coaches, whoever, get an opportunity to, to, to grab the golden ring. And that, that's not working right now. The Rooney Rule is a complete joke as far as I'm concerned. They need to revisit that and make it clearer, cleaner, and easier to make it implemented so people get a step up the ladder. Uh, the way it works right now is complete hogwash. So now we ought to look at Reggie, or how I like to call him, Veggie, who has not been the best pick of draft picks since we didn't have the top two or top fifth pick. He's been pretty shy on the champions here, or the Hall of Famers for sure. I'm not sure about how that's going to work with Gruden coming in. It has been said already that it's all kumbaya, and everyone's singing kumbaya. Well, it's all kumbaya out here. But, you know, when you're trying to upset the kingdom in there, it could be some situation. So that power structure better get figured out before it becomes an issue down the road. And like I said earlier, uh, my last show when I said he was coming, I think that Reggie's best job has been managing the cap. So far, so good. And I think that's where he should stay. Picking players, I think John should be able to do all that stuff. Coaches, 
John should be able to do all that stuff. I think Veggie should keep his sticky little fingers out of the Gruden program and let him, as Parcells used to say, if you're going to make me cook the dinner, at least let me get the groceries. And I agree with that 150%. Gruden's got to have the power. Now, what about the current players on our roster? What do you think that's going to happen there? Yeah, I'm going way out here, but we got to think about it. We got to talk about it because we're all thinking about it. I think beast mode is gone. I think Crab might stay. A lot of rumors of him leaving, but I think Gruden appreciates talent, especially in the slot. He's going to be a pass-happy coach. I know that. I hope he runs the ball differently, but... When you're talking about Greg Olson, that's still the zone-blocking guy. Okay, that's fine. Seems to be that we're we're doing that now for Marshawn, uh, which I hope and I think is going to be gone next season. Early signs seem, seem to lead that way with his recent tweets, but who knows? I know this, that his buffoonery will not be tolerated in the Gruden locker room. <laughs> that's a fact. I think Gruden will look over the entire roster and shed many players. Matter of fact, he could get rid of some players that you're just not sure about. Like uh, he could get rid of Mari Cooper. Don't think so. Like I said, he's a pass happy coach. But trades and things like that are not out of the question because everyone, if you look on any of the players' takes after the game, when the coach got fired, everybody there knows that a new coach means a new look Got to prove yourself all over again, which I think is a very good thing. But I think Gruden's going to pick through this this locker room and, and p- kick some people out. I have no doubt whatsoever that uh, personalities will be shed uh, to clear up this locker room from the buffoonery that happened this season. I hope that John Gruden does get to come to Oakland because there's a hell of a lot of openings. And I can tell you for sure that if I were an owner of a franchise, I would have somebody calling Gruden and saying, what's it going to take for you to come and coach my football team? I ain't kidding, man. There's a lot of big money in the NFL, and they will throw it down to get the right guy. So there's a lot of rumors about coaches, but you never know until the press conference. Just like with the Raiders. Yeah, 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 John's coming, he wants to come, he's coming. Hey, man, there has been nothing signed. And as a Raider fan, for a long time, I don't trust anything until it's a done deal and the paperwork is inked. And that's a fact. Now, New York Giants need a coach, the Lions, the Cardinals. The Bucks say they're staying with their guy. But you never know. These guys lie all the time. Uh, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be in the mix in the back. You never know. It's, it's, I've seen everything happen in this league. The Bengals. Marv Lewis, it's up in the air. But that looks like it could happen too. The Colts, the Bears, and the Texans are all in play. They're all in play for a coach. Some of the names out there. Uh, Tara Austin, a d- defensive coordinator for the Lions. Jeff Fisher has raised his interest in coaching again. Josh McDaniels, 
OC of the Pats, please, who could take that guy seriously? Unbelievable. Head coach, never. DC of the Pats, Matt Patricia is also rumored to be a head coach. He looks like he can be doing the job. Jim Swartz wants to coach again. And here's the name that keeps coming up every year, Jim Harbaugh. Now, no signs of him coming out of Michigan. There's been no signs. But then again, he said he wasn't going to take the Michigan job at all. And next thing you know, he's at Michigan. So he might want to jump back into the league to be a head coach. There are many, many players on this merry-go-round that we see after Black Monday. <laughs> For sure. But uh, Gruden coming is definitely heating up. I think the talks are on. But I just want to caution that you just never know until it's done. And I don't want to get my hopes up until the press conference and everything is solidified and it's in writing. That's all I have to say about that. I hope Chucky comes, like I said in my last show, it would revive the entire organization. There would be, uh, it was just like Jack Del Rio coming into Oakland. He calmed down the fester, organized things, changed the environment, and now Chucky in the office will be the next level of discipline we need for this team. I just hope that he comes to Oakland. I said Oakland because that's where we still are, in Oakland. And that is all I have to say about that. Bad of the bone. No, right, Raider Nation, it's time for the bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Hit the bone line. Don't be depressed. <laughs> I know we're all tired. <laughs> you just cannot sit on the sidelines, people. All right, our first caller is the Jersey Boy Raider. He was there at the Eagles. Caca! What's happening, bro? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is the Jersey Boy Raider, and I am still falling out from the game on Christmas night in Philly, which I, myself, my father, my sister were there representing the Raider Nation, freezing our butts off, watching our beloved Silver and Black, which was a Christmas present in itself. And I have to say real quick that when I originally bought these tickets back in September, our only fear was that the Raiders at this point in the season might have had it wrapped up, just a possibility, and wouldn't even be playing the starters. <laughs> if you would have told me that we would be a 10-point underdog and that the Eagles would have the best record in football going for home field advantage in the NFC, well, <laughs> I would have said, I'll have what you're having. But as they say, that's why they play the games. To say that this season has been a disappointment is an understatement. But I will say it was a Christmas present in itself to sit there and watch our defense dominate all night. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. Anytime they came on the field and it was third down, you just knew the Raiders were getting off the field. It's been a long time since I can say I sat there 
and was so proud of our defense. They literally had Foles running scared, as you could see, and the fans knew it. Quick side note on the fans, though. If you've ever been out to Philly, wearing the opposing team colors, especially the Raiders, believe it or not, because we did take a ring from them. Oh, yeah, the F the Raider chants were all around us, and they get on you pretty, pretty bad in Philly. On the way out as well, it wasn't fun. Literally have to get out of there as quick as you can. No, no brotherly love. And I'm from Philadelphia originally, but uh, I bleed silver and black. So Raider Nation was there. Maybe not as much as usually see in Baltimore and D.C. and Jersey. But um, it was there. And um, I got to tell you guys, we, as you can see, we literally gift-wrapped that game with a silver and black bow and handed it over like Santa Claus under the tree because the Raiders had every opportunity to put that game away. The next night I got home and I, I watched the tape of it and I just said, how many times, how many times did you have an opportunity? And we just kept fumbling. And, of course, the interception at the end was bad. Now, i got to tell you guys out there in California or wherever you're listening from, if you ever experience brutally cold weather, I mean, I, I, I'm, you're just freezing. So I can understand that ball being frozen. It, it was very easy to pop out of someone's hand. And it was – the quarterbacks had a tough night. I knew it was going to be tough. But there's no excuse to have five turnovers in the second half like that. It was ridiculous. Listen, I know we weren't playing for anything. But at the same time, you know what? Raiders could have won that game. And it would have been a great win for this team. And I, want, I just want to say, all the time I'm watching that, is if we would have got rid of Del Rio, I'm sorry, uh, if Del Rio would have gotten rid of Norton a little earlier and brought Pagano in, you know, guys, we might be in the playoffs right now. Anyway, I know there's things that we need to fix. A disappointing, frustrating season. But, guys, I just want to say we need to make some changes. And we can get in. That's a whole other conversation. But I just wanted to call Raider Greg, Raider Randy, just to let you know, hey, we're out there. We watched our Raiders. They weren't playing for anything. We were just there just to represent because we're Raider fans. That's what you do. That's what you do. You wear your silver and black. You go there and you take the heat because we're the Raider Nation. And even Eagle fans have to give it up and said, there's really nobody like you guys, man. I mean, what are you doing here? Well, I'm here because I love the Raiders. And I was will. But, guys, what a disappointing season. And next year, this is going to be unacceptable. If changes aren't made in this offseason to change this football team, then honestly, I really don't know the direction that this team is going. So I'm concerned, but at the same time, you know what? Looking forward to some offseason changes and maybe getting some players that actually can draft and play next year. With that being said, Raider Greg, I hope you and Randy and the rest of Raider Nation had a great and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, everybody. Please be safe, Raider Nation. Please be safe. And I got to tell you, going into Philly, going into the Lions then, I'll tell you, man, still to this day, there is no one like the Raider Nation. And I'm still, being, I'm still very proud to be a Raider fan. So, guys, have a great night. I'll talk to you soon. And with that said, just win, baby. I love this call. I love this call because the Eagle fan is brutal. I've said it before. I'll say it a million times that that is true. And if you've never been there, I've never been there, but I've spoken to people like this gentleman. You're going to take some abuse big time. Um, brave man. But you wore your colors. Expect nothing less. And, yeah, the Raiders, 
had a chance to beat these Eagles. You know, they are so lucky that we suck. Oh, great call, man. And listen, thank you for all the props. Happy New Year to you and yours. Christmas, all the major holidays are done now. Uh, like this season is done. And changes, they're a happening, bro. Just watch. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller is the RVA Raider. Raider Trip, in other words. What's happening, bro? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Happy New Year to you. This is Raider Trip, a.k.a. the RVA Raider. We're a little bit past halftime in the third quarter right now, and I just couldn't take any more. We went down by 19 points just a minute ago. I actually wasn't even watching the game by this point. Mm-hmm. I could just hear it from the other room, and that was just all I could take. And I went and I turned it off. Couldn't even listen to this garbage. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that we lost this way. It's been the story of our season. It's been particularly frustrating for me, you know. These calls I make are a little bit therapeutic for me, so if you would indulge me for a moment, I'm going to run down the disappointment personally that I felt by the Raiders this season. So after starting 2-0, and obviously we're really pumped for a great season. And I, being a Virginia, went to go see the Redskins-Raiders game in week three. Happened to be my brother's bachelor party. So on top of the world, figuring the Raiders were just going to take over the whole league this season, 2-0. and going to beat the Redskins. You know, I live in this area, lots of Redskins fans, you know, fun to talk smack. Obviously, we know how that game went down. So, you know, I, I had a feeling deep down after that game was over that this season was not going to shake out the way that we intended it to. So, um, you know, I mentioned personally, it was, a little, it was a very big disappointment for me this season. The following week was my brother's rehearsal dinner. That was the Donkeys game. You know, I, I watched as much of it as I could on my phone. Um, came down to the last second. Very disappointing. Um, then there was also the game that fell on my daughter's birthday this year. Game against the Chiefs, in which we were 6-6 six and six on. Once again, ended in disappointment. Spent a lot of the birthday party just checking out my phone, seeing what the score was. Then, of course, there are the holidays this season. You know, you got our loss to the Eagles on Christmas, and then what is presumably going to be a loss tonight because we're not going to overcome 19 points. So, uh, very, very disappointing season, obviously. And sometimes I question why I still do this year in and year out. I always come back to the same answer, though. It's the fans. It's Raider Nation. Being on the East Coast, I travel to a lot of games. And the tailgate's always the best part, you know, meeting the other fans. And we obviously all share the same pain. But more than that, we share the same passion. You know, I see the Raiders as a family more than anything else. The way we played has been so bad for so long now that, you know, you can't focus on the football. I focus on the people. And I, I love meeting new Raiders fans. Love going to these games, asking people where they're from. You know, we, we always show up hard. Lots of those games I've been to have been disappointments, but I can't say that I regret going to any of them because the experience meeting new people is great. Anyhow, very disappointing season. I don't know what the answer is. People a lot smarter than me are going to figure that out, I guess. But I will continue to show up to games because 
I love you, Raider Nation. And that's what we do. So, anyways, disappointing 2017 season, but Randy and Greg, I really appreciate what you did. Like what you do, like I said last week, and uh, I wish the whole Raider Nation nothing but the best for 2018. See you guys next year. Well, there you go, bro. You're not alone. I mean, the Eagles game was like the last game we had. Same kind of game. We could have won <laughs> against the Chargers if he weren't such buffoons. We weren't giving it up. Then Marshawn Lynch get his little record. Just so stupid. What a terrible game. And the coach got fired. Go figure. Didn't think that was going to happen this fast, but it did. Great call, bro. And our next caller is Raider Jim from the frigid East Coast. Um, <laughs> What's happening, brother? Raider Greg. Raider Randy. This is Raider Jim calling from the East Coast. And I take no pleasure. And being right about my prediction of the Raiders finishing 6-10, and 10, no pleasure at all. I just saw it coming. I saw no way we would win the last four games, although we came close to beating the Cowboys and had an opportunity to beat the Eagles. Today against the Chargers was, you know, the team that I saw against the Patriots, the team that I saw against the Redskins. Uh, for that matter, back in week three when the when the slide began. You know, we saw a glimpse of what this team could be. We saw a glimpse of the talent and the capability this Raiders team has. When Carr made the strike to Cooper, the 87-yard touchdown strike, we saw that. But it's just a flash in the pan. It's a here and there. Uh, the team overall, again, today, with with jobs on the line, maybe, you know, may, maybe JDR knows he, he's gone. Uh, maybe Downing knows he's gone. If Downing knows that he's gone, though, and he still continued making those terrible play calls and the uninspired offense, and that, that guy, he has got some learning to do in life. You know, Al Davis used to say, he would rather be right than be consistent. And, and you know, when you realize something isn't working, it's time to make a change. I hope that Mark Davis remembers some of the things that his father said. I hope that he rolls the dice, makes the change. I know there's mixed opinions in Raider Nation, but I hope they bring John Gruden back. And I hope they give him some control. And I hope he brings in his, his own staff. I really believe that it will turn this team around. I still believe we have the pieces as far as the personnel. I still believe we have the players to win like we did last year. But we've got to have better coaching. So Raider Greg, Raider Randy, I hope you all have a happy 2018 I hope the Lord blesses you in many ways. I want to thank you again for this podcast because out here on the East Coast, a long time, lifelong, really, Raiders fan, I haven't had the, the uh, pleasure of of talking to, to those that, that are in Oakland, those on the West Coast, those around the world, uh, for that matter, sharing in our thoughts 
about the Raiders. I haven't had that for, for most of my life, really rooting for the Raiders. I've really appreciated and I've really enjoyed this podcast in particular. I hope you keep it going, brother. You do a great job. You really do. You do a great job. And, and you know what, man? If you can keep it up, you keep it up. If you can't, we understand as well. God bless you, man. Happy New Year. Go Raiders. Well, that certainly was a prediction that <laughs> towards that latter part of the season, I agreed. You could see trouble early in the year. And now that all the, the cat's out of the bag and the coach is fired and we're looking at John Gruden, the changes that I know you want, and me too, uh, could be coming sooner than we thought. So there is hope for 2018, uh, just like we had for 2017. We are the Raider Nation, and it is cool that Randy and I can be a conduit and a place you can come <laughs> and vent or talk or get excited, or whatever. Uh, we appreciate all the props, brother. We certainly do. And God bless you and yours in this 2018. And our next caller, I love this gentleman. He's truly Raider Nation. Love his takes, his passion. This is the Prez coming at you. What's up, man? Dun, 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 dun. Raider Nation, I say again, Raider Nation, Randy, Raider Greg, this is the prayers coming at you. Before I even get started on the obvious, let me just wish you all a happy 2017. I know that it wasn't what we expected, but hold on, that's about to be changed. The future is starting to look bright instead of looking bleak. As I sat there and often in shock what we all read, could it be the return of Chucky? It's been saying a long time ago. I remember Raider Greg has one of my favorite um, podcasts and I first started listening to him. We say, he ain't coming back, brother. And I know that busted my bubble because, you know, it was starting to kind of circulate. But I told people over and over and over again, I knew in the back of my mind we had not seen the last of John Gruden. Now, in fairness, Jack Del he tried. But he doesn't have control of the team. No accountability. Just plain blah. Just kind of like, okay, yeah, we, we lost. Uh, you know, we tried better. Oh, I didn't see the yada, yada, yada. He can't do that. I miss that sneer. I miss that guy with passion on the sideline. I miss that guy ripping guys' ass off, man, if they messed up, man. Oh, I missed it, man. That dude was the truth, man. And I'm praying that even if he's been gone, he's a, a offensive man guru, X's and O's. He still watched the game. I knew when I saw that Philadelphia game and I posted it on my page that, man, the way John Gruden keeps saying, man, I do this and I do that and everything, He's kind of like, sound like he's still, you know, like whatever. And he's always like saying things with the Raiders, like if he's still coaching, it's always been there. It's never been gone. It's been widely speculated and proven. There's been some, you know, behind the scenes talking and stuff like that, pictures. And, hey, man, I'm so happy, man. I mean, wow. People have to understand this is a business. you got to have someone to market with this, and I know that I hate to say this, man, because I wish they could stay in Oakland. It would be 10000 better, but 
man, look, Jack Del Rio blew it. And first we was riding away with car at Jack Del Rio to Vegas. And we was winning. All was fine. But the tickets are not selling. The PSL is, you know, pretty much a joke. Oakland's not going. Las Vegas doesn't give a damn. I mean, I saw Los, Los Angeles really don't give a damn about it and everything. So guess what? They got to kiss John Gruden's tail. He got to bail him out. They got to give him the lion's share. And, and John probably sitting there, okay, uh, kiss a little bit more, buddy, and I'll let you know when you're through puckering. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't be like that. Yeah, I am praying, man, that we get back to a team with an identity, a team that is not just a laughing stock. How the hell do you go from 12 and 4, man, to just what it happened, man? I'm not buying it, bro. I can't take it no more. But I'll wait this eight months right here because I got a good feeling that change is coming. And I am lit up. It's New Year's Eve. I'm about to get ready and have a nice little spark of wine, go to bed. I'm going to be smiling from ear to ear. Ever since Chuck's been gone, I've been lobbying for this dude to come back. I'm a huge, super duper, 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 duper fan of that guy. Always have been and always will because he had passion. The only person that kind of came close to it, the cable was okay. He was okay, but they didn't give him a chance. Other than that, we've been flat. We have coaches that come in, they try, they fail. There's no passion. And when you don't have passion and hold guys accountability, you get the results that we're dealing with right now. And my brother, that is not going to happen if that guy walks through that building again. Yeah, he's been gone for a while, so what? I argue with anybody. What's the difference between him being gone and then a guy that's been in the game and not doing anything? Nothing. I'd rather get somebody with the passion and have X's and O's. And guess what? Drum roll. He has the ingredients right there to work with. We just need a leader. That's all. Ready Nation, thank you so much. Ready Greg and Ready Randy, happy 2018. Hold on, Ready Nation. It ain't over with yet. It's going to get interesting. The plot thickens. It thickens, baby. It's going to be interesting off-season watching. I know you guys are not, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, probably not, you know, happy about the Las Vegas thing and probably can give a rat's ass, though, but I just like the idea, like, hey, a Raider is coming back. A Raider is coming back to bring us back to glory, and I hope it happens. Welcome back, Chucky, if you the guy that's coming back, and I think you are. This is the prayer signing out. Later. Well, brother, if you had that in your mind, then you are way ahead of me, because I was sure he was not going to leave the ESPN booth, but it seems like the universe has turned and the planets have aligned. <laughs> And there is money in the bank because I think he's going to come back. I hope he does because it will certainly infuse uh, what the Raiders have needed here for a while. And uh, it'll put asses in the seats. You can guarantee that uh, for the next two years for sure. And if he starts changing stuff in the right direction, who knows, man. But I'm glad he's back. If he signs on that dotted line, I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, it's looking pretty good, bro. Looking pretty good. And you got to give Del Rio props for giving us all them wins last season because that was a great ride. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Raider Bray from Burned Up a Little Bit Around the Edges, L.A. <laughs> What's up, bro? Hey, Raider Griggs. 
Raider Andy. This is Raider Bray, and I'm driving down the coast past Santa Barbara looking at all this burnt brush here on Ventura. Kind of reminds us of our season. We just got burnt. Uh, every game, there were a couple of plays that were just devastating. The, the drops after catches, the, uh, you know, the interceptions on the long 50-50 ball. It's like every single one of them went the other way. The times when we almost intercepted and the ball pops up and the other team catches it and goes for a touchdown. Even in the game yesterday, there's a uh, fumbled ball that came out and just popped to the other guy and he ran it in. It's like one after the other. Sometimes you know, the, the football gods are against you. I think this year they were. Uh, Derek Carr seemed to be hurt all season. I don't think he's recovered from a broken leg, from a broken back, from a broken finger, and you know I don't think his mind is right either. I, I believe in him. I think he's a great quarterback, and he needs some help. Like I heard you saying he needs a quarterback coach. I hear see that we are have dumped Del Rio. The only way that makes sense to me uh, is if we get John Gruden. And I uh, hear rumors that we could have Chucky back. So if that's the case, heck yeah, um, get ready, uh, Del Rio. I think Del Rio did us good. He's got the thing going in the right direction. But, yeah, he definitely fell off this year. Uh, I don't know how much of that is his fault other than his hiring crappy coordinators and letting Musgrave go. And uh, I also think that letting uh, Latavius Murray go, uh, to to uh, Minnesota, that was a bad move for us, you know. I, mean, I like Marshawn, but he didn't click in until the last four or five games. Anyway, this is uh, Raider Bray driving down uh, the coast, the burnt up coast of California, and then better luck next year. Uh, if we get Chucky, that's going to be friggin' great. So uh, let's hope we can get uh, John Gruden back in the Raiders and. Uh, First of all, I'm not joking about people's places being burned down. Let me get that started first, because uh, we had we had a pretty big fire up here in Santa Rosa area for sure. So I relate. Second of all, it is just like our season. Um, the buffoonery on the field and locker room, the Marshawn Lynch issues. I mean, clowns flying around. Chucky's looks like he's coming back. He comes back. Ball game has changed. The worm has turned. And now we have a whole different set of things we can look at as far as changes changes go. I'm excited. I think everybody should be. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider. What you got for us, bro? Raider Nation, Raider Greg, this is uh, Raider Tony, the Northwest Raider, calling on New Year's Day on a chilly, icy, black Monday. Um, you know, with all these firings around the league, uh, I'm not really calling to talk about the game, but more the great news that's coming out that was being reported over the weekend. You talked about in your last podcast, Raider Greg, which is Chucky coming back. It wasn't too good to be true after all. Apparently, it's 
very real. And um, there are some things that need to be worked out, like they still need to, um, Raiders still need to interview a minority head coach to comply with the Rooney rule before they can announce um, Gruden as their new head coach. So we're in that, you know, waiting phase this week. Um, and then I guess John's going to call the uh, game on Saturday, the wild card game. So there should be an announcement if everything goes as expected. They're saying probably next week. At which point, I hope you do something, uh, you know, rare. Have an off-season podcast for just this event. That would be awesome, Raider Greg. I'd love to hear your thoughts and Raider Nation's thoughts on this. I know you do off-season podcasts, but not very many. Um, I really hope you do one for this when it's official because, uh, you know, like I said, I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts. And I'm just really excited. I can't express to you, you know, it was one thing you hear the rumors before. Um, and then, you know, we all knew that if the Raiders lost on Sunday, or even if they won, I had a feeling that it was going to happen based on all the articles I was reading. I mean, just a ton of reports were coming out Saturday. And, uh, you know, I mean, it just was not expected. I don't think any of us were really expecting this. Um, for Mark Davis to pull this off is just, wow. He, I've earned a little respect for him, <laughs> actually. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just really surprised um, and so happy. I've always felt um, that the, you know, Raiders train away John Gruden after the Tuck Roll game. In 2001, I always thought it was a mistake. I think a lot of us did, um, you know. And so, in in a lot of ways, it's ironic that now he's coming back to coach us. I do feel that, you know, we probably would have won a few Super Bowls under Chucky, you know, the first time around had he not been traded. Now, I think that will ultimately happen. We're talking about a guy that is the next of those guys. And he's also a rah-rah guy. So Chuck E was, you know, kind of a rah-rah guy too, but definitely a Nexus and those guy. You knew that the team was always prepared. He was creative with the play calling, an offensive guru. Uh, I guess he's going to bring in his own coordinator, but, you know, Chuck E will still be involved in the offense. And the rumors are Rich Gannon's going to be the quarterback coach that, that apparently, uh, you know, Chucky has reached out to him about that. So, I mean, that's exactly what Derek Carr needs, you know, and this is the coach that can take the Raiders to the next level. Like you've said many times, you know, we all loved Jack Del Rio. He's a great guy, great coach. I felt bad for him. You know, he had tears in his eyes when he was announcing that he was no longer the coach on Sunday. And, uh, you know, you couldn't help but feeling bad for him. You know, because he's a Raider, true and blue, true, not blue, but black. And, uh, you know, he, he just, you know, I mean, he grew up a fan, and so you, you do feel for him. But this was the right move. It was a gutsy move. It's a move that will pay dividends. I'm so excited about next season, and we're not even done with this season yet. You know, there's still a playoffs in the Super Bowl for the 2017 season. I just can't express to you how excited I am. It's a new chapter. And, you know, bring on those Super Bowl predictions because with Chucky as our head coach, 
you're back as at least as definitely contenders, and this is the guy and the coaching staff that will take Derek Carr to the next level. I, I guarantee you, you know, the, the regression that happened this year with Carr, we all know that that will definitely be corrected and we'll be able to see him in his true potential as well as the whole team. So, you know, we're really excited and, uh, you know, welcome back, Chucky, and uh, I'm out. Yeah, well, Gannon said it. I mean, my last show, which was way before the last game, I said he was asking for assistant coaches. He was looking at coming back in. Rich Gannon was very heavy on the possibility of him coming back. And I weren't sure if he was going to go to Tampa Bay or the Raiders. And so now we find out that he is a big-time contender for this job. And the sooner he gets started, the better it is for everybody. I'm not going to start saying Super Bowls. We have a lot of new work. New staff, new coaches, new scheme, new playbook. Bro, it's going to take two or three years for this coach to get us to the promised land. But we should start winning next year. But I see we got a two or three year run before we are strong enough and good enough as far as personnel and the playbook and all the things that we understand for us to make it to the next super level. So I'm happy. We should be jazzed. And I'm going to do podcasts throughout this offseason because I do when things happen. You know, last year there wasn't a lot happening. I always do podcasts for the draft, uh, the post-draft, things like that. Uh, when they come back to camp, all those things, I do podcasts for those. So I'll do them through the offseason strictly because that's what I do. And the special new coaches that are coming, there's a lot to talk about, a lot of changes. And when there are changes, Raider Greg and Rand Raider Randy are on it. <laughs> you can depend on it for sure. Uh, when it's a humdrum time, hey, bro, in the summer, I'm doing my thing, which is fishing anyways. But uh, when things are happening, popping, I'm right here, bro. So we'll hear from you, too, on this offseason, I am sure. Thank you for the call, bro. And our next caller is my good brother, Houston Raider Steve. What you got for us, brother? Hello, Raider Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. Hey, I was telling you that uh, wish everybody had a nice holidays, good Christmas, Hanukkah, all that. Happy New Year to everybody. Hey, this last game, man, that was a tough loss, man, 6-10. and 10. I kept thinking I'm watching the game over there at Molly's Pub in the Raider room, and uh, my car flag's over there, my Raiders car flag, and I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm, they keep showing pictures of uh, – of, our friend Crabtree on the sidelines, and I'm saying, what the, what the hell's going on? What the blank? You know, and here Marshawn's running his butt off, and the team's out there playing, and they keep, you know, showing Crabtree on the sidelines. Then I find out after the game that, uh, you know, he only played in 10 games of the game, uh, 10 plays a game. Now, what, what the heck's up with that? Man, it's just a microcosm of our season. And then to get beat like that, you know, the way they got blown out, the blown coverage on those two touchdowns once uh, Carl Joseph was gone and, and uh, Mario Edwards was hurt and a couple other people were hurt. Even Vanderdose had a good year. He got hurt. 
ACL at the end of the game. The only good thing was is that we had 20,000 Raider fans over there. It became, you know, first game in, what, 23, 24 years for Oakland to play there? But, man, and then I find out about an hour later that Del Rio was fired. By the way, I thought that was really crappy the way he got fired and everything. First you go in there and you tell your team, you know, you know, address your team, and then you have a meeting with Mark Davis, and then you walk out. Even Bill Plasky from the L.A. Times was walking next to Del Rio, and he saw tears in his eyes, and he figured something strange was going on. And then he had to go announce at his press conference that he had been fired. Yeah, a lot of class, Mark Davis. You know, I'm going to be a fan of the team, but I'm definitely not a fan of you, you know, at all. You know, you look at Drex in that track suit that you wear. You know, you're over there. You know, of course, that's what your dad did. You know, what else is new? But, you know, we got a little bit more respect for your dad than we do you. You know, you're just doing everything possible to piss off people. Yeah, you can do things your way. You know, you're allowed to. But, you know, show some class. You dress like an idiot. You dress like you just rolled out of bed and everything after an all-night bender. And then, you you know, show up to the game and you, and you look like, you know, can't you put on a suit and tie? Oh, yeah, you did wear a suit and tie when you signed that deal in Las Vegas. That's the first time we've seen you actually put on a suit and a tie. You know, be professional. You're an owner of a team. We invest all this money to go out and see your team play and plan our trips around it and work all this overtime and do all this stuff to go out there. And then we see pictures of you wearing a track suit. Looks like you just rolled out of a whorehouse. Excuse my language. Man, the only good thing about this year is I got to see Greg and Charmaine and Rob and, and uh, Randy and people from the podcast, Juan and Raider Jerry and everything. And, of course, we miss uh, Raider Gloria and the, the general. We miss, uh, you know, Oaktown Pirate and everything. But, you know, the tailgates is the reason why you go out there. The game is just the, the cherry on top of the Sunday. Man, what a disappointing season, 6-10. and 10. I guess when you don't have your star player out there playing during the football game, it comes to a point, as much as I like, you know, we all love Del Rio, but it gets to a point where who has control of this team? You don't have control of your team when your star player is not out there playing, only 10 plays a game. You know, Cooper and everybody else march on and playing their butts off. And where's where, DOA or whatever? I don't know what the hell's going on. It's just, it just weird ending to a weird season. Disappointment. Got Jack fired and everything. Lack of institutional control, as they used to say. But I'm going to be a Raider fan for life. I'm not going to jump ship. I'm not going to walk the plank. I love seeing all the great fans from the podcast. That's the reason why I go out there. But anyway, we're going to be back. It's going to be a while. I guess we got an overhaul. Looks like we're going to get Chucky Chuck, Gruden. I guess he's going to take charge, and he's going to be more of a, you know, I know Jack was a player's coach, but we need somebody that's had some fire and gets pissed off once in a while. You know, as much as we love Del Rio, hopefully – He'll retain the season ticket base with uh, hiring a Gruden. He has an ownership of the team, so he's pretty serious about him. Anyway, Happy New Year, everybody. We're going to be back. We don't know when, but go Raiders! Well, bro, I love that rip on Davis. I love the rip on Mo. Um, you know, the team is not winning. You see him up in the wherever he is, either away or home games. You see him up in his little booth, chewing on peanuts, laughing. You know, he's not paying attention to the game. He's just all over. Uh, and then the last game, he was very serious. Like, he's to listen, he's a clown. I don't have any whatever Mark Davis. That's cool. It's his thing. I know he did a good thing by changing the whole coaching staff. I got to give Mark that. I got to give him that he realized that he needed to make a big change. 
and Gruden had him over a barrel. And here we go. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm glad we're going in a different direction. I know we're moving to Vegas, whatever. I'm a Raider fan for life, just like you. So I think these improvements are huge. Uh, not to be, it's not going to cash into a Super Bowl next year, but we've got a very good anchor of players uh, on this team. So things could get much better, much quicker than we think. Thank you for the call, bro. And next is my very good brother, Raider Steve in Vegas. He's got the pulse of the city and of the Raider Nation there in Las Vegas. What's happening, my good brother? Hey, Raider Greg. It's Raider Steve in Vegas. I'm just uh, driving around my complex uh, with my kid in the back trying to get him to go to sleep, um, which is, uh, you know, I wish I kind of slept through this entire Raiders season. It, uh, I'll tell you, man, I was watching that San Diego game with my family and my brothers were getting all fired up, but the Gruden news started leaking out, uh, you know, during the game and just before it. And, um, well, I was focused on that. I got really excited. I didn't care about the game anymore. And, um, I, man, I, I really want this to happen. I think it is going to happen. Or why would they fire Del Rio if they didn't? I mean, you nailed it on the last podcast. Um, and that would just, that's just exactly what we need. You know, if Rich Gannon and John Gruden come in there, there's not going to be any BS about, uh, you know, players slacking off or people being unconditioned or people looking tired on the field. If you don't get your, your butt in gear, you're out. And I remember Rich Gannon talking about, you know, how they used to have a pool table in the Raiders facility. And when he showed up, he took all the balls and the sticks and put them in his locker. And then the players came over and asked him, like, what the hell? And he was like, yeah, you know, you don't have time to do this. You would be studying. You got all your stuff down. You got everything taken care of. You shouldn't be doing this. And if those players didn't make the team, man. So that's what we need. We need a, we need somebody to come in and kick some ass. You know, I have, I, I hope that, you know, people say that Gruden had a bad record in Tampa. You know, he did, but he never had a quarterback like Carr. He never had a – he loves Carr. You know, if you go watch those um, Gruden QB camps. So I'm really hopeful, man. Um, my only fear is that Gruden's going to come in and it's going to take him a year to get these guys in gear, man, because I think he's going to work them hard. Remember when Vermeil went to uh, the Rams, he worked them too hard that first year, and, and they, they did terrible. But they won the Super Bowl next year, so that's – that's my only concern is that maybe Gruden comes in and overworks these guys and, you know, they, they underachieve for a year. But even if that is, man, he's the golden boy. He's going to come in and, and stay for a while. So, um, you know, I hope he turns it around soon. I mean, we've got all the pieces, a lot of them, you know, minus defense and stuff. So if anybody could do it, it's Gruden, man. I know he stayed on top of the game. I have full faith in the guy. Uh, you know, if my dad started tearing up on the phone, and I told him that it looked like Gruden was coming back. I mean, that's how me, much he means to this family. So um, I really hope it's true. Man, I, I can't I can't wait until that's announced. I really hope that happens. Anyway, it was a terrible season. I'm glad it's over, and I hope Gruden comes back. Keep up the good work. I'm out. Oh, brother, I'm all about driving the kid around till it goes to sleep. <laughs> I'm all about that. Those days are long ago. But I remember them well. Fondly, by the way. It's funny how that works. 
Bro, I think Gruden's going to be here. I think the details just have to be worked out. And I think it's going to be really exciting for the Raider Nation to see a big change. Um, the change that I think we've needed. Uh, your dad crying pretty much says it all for everyone here in the Raider Nation that we are ready for Chucky to come back, stamp his attitude, his toughness, his intelligence, his tenacity, and his work ethic on this pathetic team and turn it around in the next two years and take us to the promised land. It is absolutely possible if we draft the right people and get the right free agents with the right scheme and the right coaching. Man, we're close. We're closer now than ever. Appreciate the call, brother, very much. Well, that is it for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. Stay tuned because we got some big changes coming. Chucky comes to town. We're going to find out who he's going to bring with him, what the details are. I don't care. Pay the man and get his ass in Oakland. I am Raider Greg, and I am out.